0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. I missed a few posts this week because I've been working pretty hard on a few other videos that are coming within the next few weeks, but nothing time-sensitive, so this might end up being a short podcast, but don't worry, there's no like pre-orders or anything like that that I've missed, only stuff that I really want to talk about but doesn't have a time limit on it, so let's jump right in. First up, Furtek just released some details about his Neo Geo CD optical drive emulator, and this thing is getting cooler by the minute. So first of all, there's, it's going to be a non-destructive installation, so you don't need to cut anything and nothing's permanent, which is awesome, because everybody knows how much I hate cutting up consoles just to have a mod that may or may not be outdated at some point. Next, it could coexist with the existing optical drive, which means you'd probably have to mount it inside, but then you could switch between using the optical drive or the SD card, which is absolutely incredible, in my opinion. Um, You could back up and restore saves to the SD card, and it'll reduce loading times, which is obviously a very big bonus for anybody who plays Neo Geo CD games. So this is pretty amazing. It's something that I would really recommend for anybody that has a Neo SD. And while there isn't an official price vertex aiming for no more than two digits so i would assume like around a 100 bucks after shipping and all that stuff or less i guess but this is absolutely awesome and anybody with a neo geo cd should at least consider this because with aging drives and lack of replacements even if my drive was working fine the fact that i would get to leave it in but still boot games off an sd card is pretty huge for me and i mean i guess for me personally because i'm testing stuff all the time i'd probably need to get in there and access the the SD card quite often but your average gamer is just going to load up your ROM set and just leave it be so even if you have to you know tape it to the inside of the console so it doesn't flop around or something it's still a perfectly good solution for your average gamer because you really wouldn't ever need to mess with it unless you need to add games so I'm very excited about this hopefully I could get one to try out as soon as they're released Um, and they will be available in about a month no pre orders, just whenever he gets them in, he'll start selling them. So I'll keep everybody updated, and thanks very much to Furtech for another very awesome product. Crix has just started selling his new Famicom ROM cart, the Everdrive N8 Pro. And this ROM cart came about because I believe the parts from the original N8 were going end of life. So I guess he figured if you're going to need to change parts, you might as well make it faster and add some features, which is exactly what he did. The Pro version offers faster loading time, as well as multi-save slots and the ability to load larger ROMs, so games that wouldn't work before should probably work now. He's also working on tweaking the mappers, which would also be backported to the original N8s, which is pretty awesome. So I'm very excited to try this out. The Famicom version is available right now for purchase, and the NES version should be available in about a month. I didn't read that carefully enough when I bought it, so I bought the Famicom version thinking that the NES version was months away. So I guess I'll review it and whenever the NES version comes out, if anybody wants to trade me or sell it or something, we could do a switcheroo or something like that. But uh, I will definitely have it in and put it through its paces. It should be a fairly quick review because it, uh, the original N8 series is already a pretty solid ROM cart, so I think I'll just do some quick loading tests and show how the new ROMs work. But mine is N root, so hopefully you'll see that video soon Gametech just opened up another round of pre-orders on gc dual kits which are gc video based kits for the gamecube that are installed internally They're the same exact quality as the external plug-and-play kits, but they're obviously for people that prefer the internal solution. And I imagine there's a few scenarios in which people would want that. You know, you don't want one other adapter to worry about or anything like that. So it's a great choice for people that want internals. And they're $125 and can be pre-ordered right now from GameTech. And these kits uh, with a small cut will get you HDMI in the back of it, as well as add RGB or component video to the SNES-style multi-out. And I believe if you want, uh, or if you want component, you either need an adapter or you need to make your own custom cable. I think most of us probably would just use RGB output at that point because there's other options for component, but still a pretty awesome thing to have. And um, so anybody that wants an internal one and was waiting for one of these, definitely check it out. Wrestling with Gaming just posted a new video about an arcade stick for the Super Nintendo that was designed by a defense contractor back in the '90s. Um, As always, it was a very interesting documentary-style video. This one was on the shorter side, but still awesome. And while I recommend, if you're interested, people take a look, um, the one thing that I definitely wanted to point out that I thought would be relevant to all of us is how bad we had it in the 90s if you wanted an arcade experience at home. I mean, there were obviously some ports of arcade games that were amazingly well done, especially considering that it was much less powerful hardware at home but I don't ever remember seeing a really good quality arcade stick or fight stick, whatever you want to call it, for home use. It always had buttons and a stick that was completely different than the versions in the arcade, and that even includes Capcom because their official arcade stick didn't feel or look anything like an actual arcade machine, and that's something that always bugged me. So I didn't realize that this stick was available back then. I probably would have bought it because I still, always then and still love Mortal Kombat so much I definitely would have gone out of my way to buy a a new stick just to play that game, and my friends in New York know that I pretty much did just that here. I kind of hunted down a very nice and expensive stick just so my Mortal Kombat experience would be a little more authentic and, and more accurate I guess so uh, if you're interested in the video definitely check it out I certainly enjoyed it but I also wanted to, to mention that neat little tidbit of the 90s and how there really weren't great choices for arcade style sticks at home and you know it's easy these days where you have Google in your pocket to forget that You didn't have that back then. You couldn't just look up arcade schematics and make your own controllers and cut holes in a box and and go order from an online shop to get arcade parts. You used to have to know where to get this stuff, making it near impossible for most people. So kind of a neat story and kind of a neat flashback. I try not to harp on anything nostalgia related because I'm always into the stuff that we're working on today, but that was a cool flashback that I felt was worth talking about. This next thing is actually much cooler than it's going to sound at first, so please give me a second. Justin from console kits has just launched a website that helps you find deals on arcade one-up cabinets. And remember that Justin's also the person that's really good at giving a realistic expectation of these. So he very often cools down my hatred for them because they're no, they're not accurate arcade experiences and there are no other choices and does bring up how fun they could be for people that don't have access to other stuff or who these things don't matter as much to them. But when he first launched this website and when it was in beta I was kind of helping uh test it out and and check out some of the deals that were found. And think about something like a Street Fighter arcade one-up machine. You know, would you pay $400 for an experience that's not really that accurate that you might be able to get a port that's just as good? I wouldn't. But what about $80? Uh Aha. So, yeah, that's what that's really what sucked me in. Uh, Obviously, all the deals kind of blew blew through for Black Friday, but I'm sure they're going to come back. But as I was testing the site in beta, there was a lot of stuff that would pop up that I really didn't expect it. There was, uh, I think, Space Invaders. The cheapest I saw it for was fifty dollars. So now, I mean, we're talking less than the price of a mediocre arcade stick for the entire thing. So now this completely changes the game. Now my uh, my hatred and that's not an accurate arcade experience goes to fifty dollars. Hell yeah, I'll pay fifty dollars for it. So uh, if you're into this stuff and you want some fun toys just to supplement your other collection, check out Justin's site and uh, just check back every once in a while. I imagine with the holidays here, it's probably not the best time of year to find this. Uh, maybe I'm dead wrong, but. I I would assume stuff like this where things are trying to go on clearance are probably best found in the times of years where there aren't a lot of shoppers. But what the heck, it's a free website, so throw in your zip code and let it do some searches. I've been going on pretty much every day hoping to find a super cheap MK machine. Just for the hell of it. Or I guess the Star Wars one or any of the really cool ones. But uh, basically, just throw in your zip code, hit find deals, and it shows you, uh, it sorts it in order of price. So hopefully, this would help more people be able to get some fun arcade toys. And uh, for me personally, price is just such a giant factor in all this. And the accuracy levels and everything else I get frustrated with start to matter a lot less when it gets that cheap. So thanks very much to Justin for sharing all of that with us. Both Artemio and Smoke Monster were recently featured as guests on the Retronaut podcast, which is pretty awesome because that's one of the most popular podcasts in retro gaming. And it's so amazing to see two awesome people get the recognition that they definitely deserve. So, while I don't know if this is a a news post, if you will, it certainly kind of is newsworthy to me because it just shows that more of the mainstream retro gamers are starting to realize all of the work and attention that goes into some of the projects that they use. So, uh... I just felt the need to, to give them a shout-out and help promote it. And if you're interested, definitely check it out because it's uh, available everywhere you could find a podcast. So just fire up the podcast app and listen to two of my favorite people give their side of the story on different retro gaming-related topics like Mr. and all the other stuff. There's been a pretty crazy update to the HyperFlash 32 project and something that I definitely didn't see coming. So a quick recap, Kevin Mellet was originally planning on doing a standard ROM cart style thing for the Virtual Boy where you throw all the ROMs on an SD card and then use the Virtual Boy's interface and controller to select your game. That could put on hold, but Kevin still wanted to provide the community a way to play Homebrew because the previous Flash cart that was out there is no longer being made. So the HyperFlash 32 was announced as a single ROM cart replacement, so you could basically just plug it into your computer, load on a ROM, and go from there. Well, that's all changed, and I'm super impressed with the concept. Kevin has worked out a way to make a custom case... That's actually, the case in itself is pretty neat. It's a material called FR4, which is a glass epoxy-like finish um, with a carbon fiber frame. So basically, you could make something and have electronics built right into the case itself, making things a lot easier to fit into smaller spots because you don't have to worry about mounting and stuff like that. The circuit board kind of becomes part of the case. And inside of this, Kevin has also included capacitive buttons and an e ink screen. So that means, provided all the prototypes are working uh, as they should, you throw in your micro SD card with all the ROMs on there, and folders should be supported, and you could use the capacitive touch buttons to select your game before loading it onto the Virtual Boy. And I think this is the one scenario which I would prefer that over using the Virtual Boy's interface to load the game. I'm one of the few people that doesn't get dizzy when I play the Virtual Boy, which is weird because I do get motion sick when playing certain VR games, but... Um, I just think this is a much easier way to go about doing it. Now, of course, you need to power it somehow in order to flash the game, but any USB power will work. You know, one of those battery chargers, plug it into the wall, whatever, any basic USB charger would work. Um, and of course, you know e-ink screens aren't the fastest thing in the world, so scrolling through to select your game is probably going to be slower. So you still have the option of using a web interface or, a, I mean, a program computer interface to load your games. But this is pretty awesome, and it's also awesome for longevity too, because there are certain projects out there that were designed many years ago and require computer software to do things like load ROMs. And it's not compatible with any of the modern operating systems. So unless you have a virtual machine that could work, or if you have an older computer, you're kind of stuck. So for longevity purposes, if 20 years from now, the PC software doesn't work anymore with whatever OS is there, and this thing's still working, you'll still be able to navigate with the buttons and just have the ROMs right off the micro SD card. So that's, All of that is really awesome to me. Um, He's also trying to get red and black e-ink screens working, which, of course, all Virtual Boy fans will want that. But there's some issues with that, and, of course, speed as well. Uh, The basic black and white ones are generally much faster than any of the color e-ink screens. So Kevin might end up going with that, or we might end up putting out a video and having people decide. But overall, I'm really excited, and I, I just depending how this performs, no one might need the other ROM card after this. This might actually just be the the easiest overall way to use something like that, where you normally would have to put your head into a 3D visor just to select your game. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I always like choices, so uh, heck, I hope Kevin makes both of them, but this is super impressive. And I guess another bonus is once e-ink screens have been written to, they stay there until there's more power applied to it. So uh, like you see in the picture here, there's hyperfighting loaded on, um, but whatever game that you load, um, that will stay on the E-Ink screen. So even if you don't power it on for a long time, when you go to grab the hyperflash Flash 32, you could immediately see what game has already been loaded onto it, and you don't have to fumble around and figure it out. So overall, the project just... It went from like, wow, this is great. I'm definitely going to buy one to I need one of these. (laughs) So uh, absolutely awesome work. I'm so glad I pre-ordered mine the moment that they were announced. And, of course, I'll keep everybody updated. Um, And as soon as it comes out, I'll definitely do a quick demo video of it. Pre-orders have just opened on a new project called the DMG Consolizer, which is essentially a kit that allows you to take the motherboard out of a Game Boy and get 800 by 600 VGA output from it. The kit comes in two forms. One is a $77 kit that's just all of the components needed to get the output. And the other one comes with a full case, which looks pretty cool, but not the controller port which I think is a little strange. Maybe I'm missing something, but the $100 kit comes with the case, the board, and everything except, of course, the original Game Boy motherboard. Uh, But if you would like to control it with a NES controller, you have to find your own port and then solder that in, although the hole is already cut for it. So not sure why they didn't just pick up a whole bunch of ports and include that with it, but whatever. Uh, I still think it's a really cool way to to breathe new life into a potentially broken Game Boy. Um, It offers a bunch of different color palettes, and the fact that it's VGA, I think it might work well with CRT monitors and you don't have to worry about changing the refresh rate, although I'm kind of interested to see how it'll work on flat screens or through like VGA to HDMI converters. Um, Overall, I mean, if you have a Game Boy that's got a broken screen, you'd probably have done or would want to do like a bivert backlight mod, but what if you got a Game Boy with a broken screen, a broken case, batteries leaked out and corroded the battery terminals? Now you know, you could either sell that for parts on eBay for a few dollars, or you could throw it into this, and depending on how you like to play your Game Boy games, this could be a pretty awesome way to do it. So as always, I love choices, and this is just yet another choice of how you could play your DMG games. Well that's it for this week. As I said before, I still have a bunch of posts I need to write up, but nothing time-sensitive. So while I would have liked to have gotten them done for this week, you're not missing any pre-orders or anything like that. So uh, definitely stay tuned for next week. It should be a much longer episode with a lot more stuff to talk about. Hopefully I'll get my videos released too, um, and we'll see where it goes from there. But as always, thanks so much to everybody who watches, listens, participates in the comments, and of course, everybody who supports on any of the support platforms. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next week. (laughs) you <laughs>